right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of The Argument. I am Dr. Sam, and today we have with us Mr. Travis Hunter. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Hunter. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I mean, it was, uh, people were clamoring that I get you back on the show, so of course I had to appease. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> so check this out. It's been a long week. We have a whole lot of political stuff going on. And I kind of want to get off on a tangent on that, but just to stay focused so we don't go too long, I read this article in the New York Times. The title of it was, Can School Be Anti-Racist? A New Superintendent in Evanston, Illinois Has a Plan. You know, I saw the article and I was like, okay, let me see what this is about. So, Travis, I, I, want, I want to hear from you on this. You know, initially when you told me about the article, my first thought was, oh, so we're going to be the guinea pigs. (laughs) But after reading the article, Mm -hmm. I see that he has, you know, he has good intentions and he's been getting death threats. Whenever you start getting death threats from white people, (laughs) whenever you start getting death threats from white people, Uh you know, you're on the right path. Oh, my goodness. Because those fools will never let, they don't want any kind of equal plan. It's amazing how the so-called superior race fights so hard to Mm -hmm. disenfranchise us, how to stop us from voting, how to stop us from getting even an equal playing ground. Right. So, you know, so I had to check myself initially thought crazy yeah i'm still i'm still on that thinking crazy part of it though because i mean i get it i get it you know it it would take forever for you to catch up and fix what's what's been broken or even try to put you know fix a little any of what is just been torn apart you definitely have to start somewhere but i was kind of taken aback because i was just like well so we as minorities, you're going to take, uh, excuse me, what he said was there are marginalized groups, right. first priority for seats of, for in-person learning. And so I was reading this other article on, uh, I think it was on CNN, and they were saying that the polls that they've done, and I know all the all the information about polls, good, bad, or otherwise, but the polls are saying that African-American and minority groups are the are the groups that are most hesitant about going back face to face because it is Corona's hit us unproportionately. So I'm trying to figure out how those two things go together. Like if we are if we are the ones that are more hesitant, if that is true, I'm not saying it is if that is true, then trying to put our students back in person first. That's not really going to work, is it? Well, I, I agree with you, but. I'm trying to see things from his perspective mm-hmm. or her perspective. I wasn't sure if it was a man. Yes, or a you know, we had, like I said, we have to do something. So if we're already behind the power curve mm-hmm. when it comes to education and graduation rates, like you said, you got to do something. Yeah. So to open it back up now, you know how we would have felt if we'd have said, you know, only the wealthy white kids can go back to school. Yeah. I was just thinking that, you know, you know? so we would have been like, Oh, see, you know, this is crazy. So right. you get, like, they why, already why do you get to go back thing. first? Yeah, right. Why do you get to go so, back first? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's kind of a, I don't know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. But at least right. it's trying something. I like people that are willing to try something. Right. Like, I'm not even mad at Ice Cube, right? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm not even mad at Ice Cube because he's trying something. He's being used by the Trump 
administration. <laughs> He's totally being used as a photo op or, you know, say, hey, look, we're working with the black. Because Ice Cube has been pro-black from since day one. He definitely has. And and honestly, I don't I don't really have I see all of the memes and you know, I see the people defending and the people bashing or whatever, but I don't really even have a strong opinion. I mean he did what he did, is done. At the end of the day, we can't let this let that distract us from what's really at hand. And I think that a lot of these things, like even Kanye West running for president, like that's a distraction. What? That's just Seriously? clown foolishness. Uh, <laughs> and anybody who would vote for Kanye West, like they they too cuckoo to even understand politics anyway. Right. Right. So yeah, you you you're gonna lose some crazy people. A lot of probably more young people that are mm-hmm. not politically savvy, and they just follow celebrities wherever. Right. And I mean the. Part of our culture in this country is to be in love with celebrities, right? So we are so concerned about their love life or what they do, and they're they're a paparazzi that mm-hmm. go through people's trash cans. Right. And I've never really gotten into celebrity. Like I'm not impressed with like nobody. Like, well, I, I was impressed meet with anyone. Michael Jackson, but you know, like I, you know, I I was on the elevator with Michael Jackson one time in New York, and um, you know, you get you boost these people up on these pedestals right mm-hmm. and you know what he was on the elevator and he just said somebody farted <laughs> it was like two other people on there he said somebody. he wasn't like he even trying to be funny he was like right. somebody farted oh, wow and i mean but of course he's amazing so you know i can appreciate your talent without wanting more from you right you know i i don't have anywhere near michael jackson's celebrity but even on my small level of celebrity it gets it can be annoying at times you know like i cut i'm outside cutting my grass right mm-hmm. my neighbors will drive by and they got a friend in their car that's travis hunter right there and they want to <laughs> roll down the window now i gotta disengage the lawnmower i gotta turn it down i gotta <laughs> cut it off and i gotta get off the lawnmower with dirty with dirt all over me because right. i've been working in my yard and i gotta come over and say hi uh-huh. you know because like you have to really, be nice huh you have to be nice you gotta be nice right yeah the whole the whole idea was we are going to be upset if they say right. go to school first or we're going to be upset if they say no you can't go to school first only the majority can go to school first so in this situation it, it it's a catch 22 but what do we do like i don't know what's reasonable for us to do cuz I, I mean honestly like you said when i first started reading this article i was just like he said he going to do what yeah, what's reasonable? I mean, what's what's going to speak to our our people, our culture? Because yeah, there are areas where we need to we need we need the extra. Yeah, we do. There's some places where we absolutely do, but then we don't we don't necessarily want to be targeted. We don't want it to be pointed out that we need right. extra sometimes. And so I guess that's why initially when I saw this, I was like, he's going to do what? Oh wait a minute. You know, and immediately kind of got a little attitude knowing as I read more, I was like, okay, but I'm still kind of in my feelings because I'm like this guy, I get where he's going, but there's just no way to say that to a black community and not have people just oppose and and say bad things. Well, Dr. Sam, you're a leader, right? Uh, Yeah. Yes, you are. Okay. So, (laughs) you know, sometimes being a leader... God gave you that ability in that position for a reason. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to make everybody happy. Right. You're not going to be able to please everybody. Right. There's always going to be somebody who opposes your view, especially when you're trying to do something outside of the norm. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of so-called leaders can 
you can be a great leader as long as you're just doing everything that everybody's accustomed to. That's but true. the minute you try to go left, all of a sudden it's, well, wait a minute now. Okay. So so do you think that this this superintendent, do you think that if he had gone to the community and talked to the community about it first before something that he pushed forward, do you think that they would have been less resistant? Do you think he wouldn't have gotten death threats? I think he would have still got the same thing. I mean, they, they just heard it at a different time instead of, I'm not one of those leaders that need everybody's opinion. Right. There are some things I need your opinion on. Well, but but you as know. a leader, too, what you have to figure out is that even though you may not agree with everybody's opinion or you may not even care about what it is they have to say, that at the end of the day, a leadership role is a political role and you have to have a certain amount of buy-in in order for anything to work. True. But also, how many people, how many things in life, when that particular person went against the grain and it worked out, Mm-hmm. You know, I just think different leaders. You're right. You got to have people to buy in because, but you got to do something as a leader. You so I, I, you can't constantly be taking a vote. And you and can't. to be fair, when he came in as a superintendent, and he is a minority superintendent, when he came in as a superintendent, he was charged with decreasing the gap. Okay, you know, so if you're going to charge me with decreasing gap. that gap, then I'm not going to sit here and ask for a show of hands who wants to who wants to go this way. If I'm if I'm in charge of something. Mm-hmm then I'm in charge of it. You either jump on board or you don't. Not, you don't I'm not like always Trump. that way. So here we go. Here we go. So isn't that the mentality that Trump has that you talk about all the time? Is yeah, his way on the highway? <laughs> he's unfit. It, it, you know, okay, are, okay. See, Trump is not a leader, though. Trump <laughs> you is not, have Trump a is point not, there. You he's have not a, a leader. He's just a wealthy white man who's always been wealthy from the day he was born and feels like he is the second coming. He's, <laughs> my grandfather used to say some people were born on third base and think they hit a triple. Right. <laughs> and that's Trump. You know, like he actually that. believes his lies. Right. He actually believes that my way is the best. I mean, look, listen, Corona is off, off the chain, right? Mm-hmm. And yet he's saying we're doing a phenomenal job. No, That's his philosophy on things. Lie, make the lie big, keep repeating it. And then people without a half a brain will start believing it. Yeah, I, I can't even I can't even begin to address the the. You crazy. should never put those two in the same sentence, <laughs> Trump and leader. <laughs> you never. are absolutely right. So you can't hold them to the same. Uh, no, because he's not a leader. And he only thinks about himself. It's all about his, it's all about the optics of making right. him look good. Right. So he will use any and everything to make to meet his objective, mm-hmm. and his objective is to always make Trump look good. Like, look, he's even playing games with COVID. I just saw a picture of him in church, right? With some right. money in his hand, like with no mask, nowhere. No, I can't. No, I can't. Like, I, like I, yeah. I beat it. I'm a phenomenal person. I yeah. I beat COVID. I can't My son had it for like two seconds. You go don't down get COVID road. for two seconds. <laughs> like this dude is like, I can't even stomach him. Like I can't even believe people even voted for him. But we're in such love with celebrities in this country. But I don't, That's I how don't Ronald know. Reagan got to be off in well, office. Yeah. But I don't know if... if Trump's followers, I don't know if the people that are following him, if they actually buy what he's saying or if they're actually on that on that same line of thinking or more so he's such an idiot and does so many things outwardly, openly, like he has no idea he's being offensive that they feel like I'm going to jump on the bandwagon with him because then I can show my true colors. Then I can be who I really am. And nobody's, you know, it's the president is doing it. So I'm doing it, too. You know what? Trump would not have nearly as many followers 
two reasons Trump is who he is, can be where he is. One, he's racist, always mm -hmm. has been racist. Okay, and, and white people, mediocre white people who ain't sh worth a quarter. Mm -hmm. Oh, you see, I caught myself, right? I, I see. I okay, see. so mediocre white people, they need someone to blame for them for them not being great as they were told they are. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be due to their skin, right? Okay, so you got these low-level white folks, and they need somebody to blame. Look at Kentucky. The poorest in education, the poorest mm -hmm. in health, yet they constantly voting for Mitch McConnell. So <laughs> the racism thing, he loves to play the race card. Right. We've got a bunch of racist people in America, mm -hmm. and they're even more sexist than racist. That, okay. I agree with that. So, yeah, because if they were more racist than sexist, Barack Obama would never have been president. This is true. And Hillary Clinton, because she was quite qualified. I didn't like her at all, but I voted for her. But she was more than qualified to do the job. Mm-hmm. But all these white women who need to lean on their white husbands or white brothers or uncles, or they just follow them like sheep. <laughs> they are the reason why she's not president. I agree. Barack I mean, I, I was very surprised to hear some people say that they would not vote for Hillary Clinton simply because she was a woman. Yeah, um, and just, I guess I don't know why I was surprised because I'm an African-American woman. So I, woman, so I, I get it every day, all day. But, you know, as black people... Most black people were raised in houses with the woman being the leader of the house. Even if our fathers were the breadwinners, right? Uh, the women led things. Correct. You know, so I mean, the day to day running of the house. Your grandfather, my, my I used to raised by my grandfather. His favorite word: "Go ask your grandma." <laughs> Those are my <laughs> husband's favorite favorite words: "Go ask your mama." Go ask your mama. About that. I mean, so I, we I think that's a, much the same. We do what we do, right? Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta pay for this house. I gotta. Make sure everything is. If, and now there are things that you go ask your dad. Like if something's broken, go mm -hmm. ask your dad. Right. You need some money. Go ask your dad. Even if she has the money. Right. Even if she has control of the checkbook. Right. And even if she doesn't want you to go, the mm -hmm. answer is go ask your dad. So because dad gonna say no. What your mama say? She told me to ask you. Oh well, no. That's that's our code. If she can't right. ask me, then you can't go. So, I mean, but. I don't know. I just people follow Trump because they're racist or either they're very wealthy. He's going to take care of rich and he's going to take care of the racist. Or he's going to give the racist a dog whistle, but he's actually going to take care of the wealthy. All righty then. And there we have it. Travis Hunter's opinion of Trump. That's All right. Well, <laughs> that's my that's my politically. Uh, no, that's my PG version of Trump. Your PG version. OK, yeah, let's stick we, with the PG version. We can't yeah, we can't right. be having other let's stuff going on right here. So. With this, do you think that if we had a different president at this time and we were going through this pandemic, do you think that the things that are happening with schools, like people even having to make decisions about which race or ethnic group actually gets to go back in the classrooms first and things like that, do you think that we would be where we are right now with this pandemic? How do you think things would be different? I believe that there was a pandemic response team in place. Mm -hmm. So if you can nip this thing off at the bud and quarantine certain clusters, I don't think we would be where we are right now. But we had a president who was denying it and who was like, oh, it's a Democratic hoax. So I do believe that we wouldn't even be in this position. But let's say we were in this position with a different president. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that that would even come into play if it was a different president, because I believe that people would believe that the president was doing all they could to make sure that this stopped. 
I don't think anybody was going crazy when Ebola was here and Barack Obama was president because he like handled it totally different. Correct. Like, no, we're going to shut this down. It wasn't a Republican hoax to get him out of office. It was he never even thought you never even thought like that. Trump has lowered the bar so much. Right. That you can't even really ask those answer those questions, you know, really intelligently because it's like, what the heck? Like, you don't even think along these lines with someone who's supposed to be an, a mature leader. Well, it just it just I guess for me, since, you know, my base has always been education. And you said last last time we talked uh, and I agreed, you know, I I love kids like the the worst thing you can do is have me see you take advantage of a, of a child or or anything like that. Like that really roused me up. And so when I think about all of this, of course, it always ends up coming back down to how all this affects our kids and our our education system and just, you know, like how much of an impact it has on it and how out of our hands it is. You know, it's like I do not envy anybody who is a superintendent right now. Um, the choices that you were having to make, like much like this decision, much like whenever I read it, other people are going to read articles like this and they're going to they're going to hear about other decisions that superintendents are making and they're going to feel some kind of way, just like I felt some kind of way. That's just my opinion. That's just how mm-hmm. I felt. Um, you felt a certain way when you read it. Everybody is. But I feel like because we're in this very, very political and, and racial imbalance kind of situation right now that that it really is having a very bad impact on our education system. People are making decisions that are not in the well-being of children, and they're doing it on a large scale. You know, out in the public, we have, like I said, I think a couple of shows ago, our governor said he would give school districts $10 million if they would move in the direction of putting these kids back in classrooms face-to-face. Now, I will say that for teachers... It is extremely difficult to do distance education. Some people have the tendency to believe that teachers are just at home sitting and sitting in front of a computer and that's it and that's an easy job. It is very difficult and probably teachers are working twice as many hours as they used to work just doing the distance learning stuff. Right. It is very difficult to figure out if students are learning and keeping them engaged and all of those kinds of things. This political atmosphere that we have going on right now with President Trump, that just that just makes everything Can you do me a favor? Worse. Yes. Just say Trump. Ah, just say Trump. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't know. He doesn't he didn't uh he hasn't earned that title. Right. But I mean you understand what I'm saying. It's yeah, like I know for exactly me in yeah. my world, you know, yeah. and this is not the world that everybody is is coming from the point of view, but in my world, everything comes back down to what are you doing to these kids? Like, so you so know? Dr. Sam, I now I'm gonna switch it around. I have a question for you. Yeah. So you're not really on board with this superintendent's mission, yeah. right? You're not right. on board. You're more no, so concerned I'm on about board the, with the mission. Um, yeah, you're I'm on board with the mission, with the, but the yeah. way he's going about doing it, you, you, yeah. you're not on board. No, not at all. Because you think it, the kids will be harmed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So now you're the superintendent. Mm-hmm. How would you do something? You got to do. You have to do something. Right. So what are you going to do? So for me, and I've thought about this long and hard, and it would end up being. Granted, I would probably end up hearing about it later. But for me, it the bottom line is you protect lives. So if the governor isn't going to give our school district a certain amount of money because we're not forcing uh, kids and families to go back to school because we are more interested in preserving lives and health, then we're going to have to figure out how to make some budget cuts in some other ways so that we can make sure the kids are still being educated. And how are you going to educate them, though? Are you going to keep them at home? 
there are ways. I mean, you got to think about it like this, Travis. We like to um, try to say, okay, well, this distance learning, this is so new. Distance learning is not new. There's been distance learning since forever and ever and ever. People have been doing correspondence courses. People have been doing courses online for long now. Granted, uh, most of that time, those things were geared toward college and adult level people. There are still and have been for the longest homeschool groups that have online courses. And these students are learning. These students are going on virtual field trips and doing all kinds of very interesting things that they can put their hands on things and learn things at home. And so there are all kinds of possibilities. It's just that the structure of our educational system isn't as flexible as those things are at this point. And we have not set up our system to require teachers to have to know how to use the technology in ways that, you know, are going to enhance the learning experiences. So part of the trouble that we're having right now is not just that, you know, oh, the superintendent has to make a choice and either you're going to be in class learning and getting getting a good education or you're going to be at home, you know, maybe learning a little bit and not getting that much of education. That's not it. The, right. the problem is we're running into we got to educate the kids, but we got to educate the teachers and all the other people that are involved in implementing all of this technology because we never made it mandatory before. So also for me, to, uh, educate the parents. Right. I mean, it's it's a community thing. It's like right. um, back whenever I think the first episode talked to Miss um, Little and her school, they were already a STEM school. So and she said she said, you know, it was you know, we got the word on Friday and we were up and running on Monday. And the kids are used to that. They're learning. I mean, they're using the flip classrooms and and all of these other different kinds of strategies and they're on board. But the vast majority of people did not have that mentality, although there are a ton of people out there saying they want to be one to one schools and everybody has a laptop. That does not mean that all the teachers in that building are efficient and they know what they're doing with the software and they know how to make sure they get their instructional strategies across and the students are learning. That's that system is not there. That structure is not there. And so right now, even going back hybrid, you're talking about having teachers work like quadruple time because honestly, working, teaching from a distance is is like working two jobs. You know what, Dr. Sam, I went back to college like my 40, uh, you know, early 40s when I just when my son graduated from high school, I was bored because I made my whole life about him. <laughs> right. And so now all of a sudden he's gone. Now I don't have to get up in the morning, take him to school. I don't have to. I decided to go back to school. Mm-hmm. So there was there's this one class that I needed. And I could only take it online. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was the hardest class out of all my classes. And I think school is quite antiquated. Sitting in a classroom box mm-hmm. with a bunch of desks and raising your hand, looking at the teacher. I mean, there are certain things that upgraded. Like, you know, you don't have to write notes like that anymore because right. they have these slides. You can download the slides. So, OK, that part's different and good. But for the most part, it's still the same antiquated system. We're sitting in a classroom. We're looking at a teacher. That's what my great grandfather did. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to go to a building, sit down, look, write notes, learn, go home, study. OK, now, bam. Pretty much the same way now, but when I did this online course, mm-hmm. it, first of all, it was way more work. Second of all, it was it seemed to be more time consuming, but I got it. My um, son broke his leg his senior year of high school, so mm-hmm. he had to do some virtual classes. Right. He was like, "Dad, I don't know why I wasn't doing this all the time. The whole lot. I'm learning more here mm-hmm. than I'm doing in the classroom. There's so right. many distractions in the classroom. It's so many." People, somebody fighting, somebody laughing, somebody done did something to make the whole class 
start focusing on them or mm-hmm. teacher sends you out for this. Right. And I'm learning more. I'm getting more done. He actually was able to graduate early mm-hmm. because he did all of the work. And he could just log on at three o'clock in the morning if he woke up instead of just turning TV on doing nothing. He could log on and knock out an assignment, you know. Right. And I was like, damn, I wish I would have did this early. You could graduate two years ago. Right. So. But yeah. So, I mean, so for me, even though I know that that that's something that would come back later, because, of course, there is there is a difference between the in in your face, face to face instruction and doing it distance. And there's also the matter of students who use school as an escape. And that's something that, that we would have to figure out. But for me, the biggest the biggest decision of do these students and teachers go back face to face or not? Mm, for me, that all comes down to health. It's nothing else. It's not even really a decision that I have to make. If it's healthy, we go. If it's not healthy, we don't. Right. And that's it. So, I mean, luckily, I'm not in that in that situation because it could go wrong no matter what you choose. No matter what you yeah. choose, it could go wrong. And ultimately, if you're the superintendent of schools, it does not matter how many people report to you or whose job it was to do what. At the end of the day, all of those things fall on your doorstep, period. Right. So. I mean, so, you know, that goes back to that leader thing, you know, wrong or right, everybody's not going to be happy, you know, right. so. But I applaud people that try to do something as long as their intentions are good. Right. Right. So I, I think and it's I think not that, politics. Uh, but from our last conversation, I got to clear something up. Oh, you, you asked me a question <laughs> about uh-huh. how many kids be in that juvie center if mm-hmm. they had me in their lives early on. Right. And I said little, very little. Mm-hmm. So I get to thinking about it. Right. There are a lot of these kids that are in there who have great parents. I'm not right. special. I'm not the child whisperer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just <laughs> care. Be. So I just try things. And but there are kids that I have to up that number some. I okay. won't say the you know, I won't say 10 percent. Let's say I would go probably 50 or 60 percent. OK. A lot of the kids are in there because they just don't have the right leadership at home. Mm-hmm. don't have the right love mm-hmm. and different kids need to be loved in different ways. Right. The, the hardest hard. ones are the ones that act so hard mm-hmm. because they just act, they're just reaching out for love. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, they just, they just trying to, you know, they, they act for the one that throws a chair at me or try to stab me with a pencil. Mm-hmm. I always go back to them to their, they have to go to cool down, which is like lockdown. Right. Right. I always go back and get them one-on-one. Yeah, you have to. Right. And I mean, so now they don't have to put on the front in front of their friends. Now they don't have to show out. Right. And it's always the first thing they always say. I don't care how hard or tough or thugged out. I'm sorry, Mr. Travis. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always they apologize. And, you know, because I don't come in there to fight them like the guards or some of the teachers. Get them out of here. You know, they just beat them up even more. Right. And so the thing that I do that's the one thing that I do with all kids is violence is never, ever in the equation. Mm -hmm. There's never going to be any hitting. There's never going to be any belittling. There's never going to be any yelling. Mm -hmm. I'm going to always maintain my leadership role. Right. Because when I lose my cool, I'm no longer a leader. Point taken. I'm never, I'm I'm no longer, because I'm doing what you did. You lost your cool. I'm losing my cool. What makes us any different? I'm just an older idiot. (laughs) Right? That's a good point. I'm just an older idiot. And because I'm in a position that I can harm you, now I'm going to use that. Right. So, no, I don't do that. I just, I, I go in there and I talk to them. What's going on, man? Hey, well, you know, what, 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 are you having a bad day? You know, for, a lot of times they don't want to talk, so I'll just mm-hmm. try it again the next day. 
Right. You know, like I'll just go back to him. You're all right. We, we good now. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make sure I'm always one on one. And that's the thing. When you, when you my grandfather didn't believe in spanking. So he would say, you don't beat what you love. That's right. some slave crap. I remember you saying. OK, that. so I grew up with that mentality. Let's just figure out what works for you. Like mm-hmm. I hate football coaches that just scream and yell and kids make a mistake. Get him out of there. Right. Well, aren't you at practice? This is when you're supposed to make mistakes. And why I would are you yelling love at to see you coach a football team. I coach all the time and they would say, Travis, you man, you got to get on it. I don't have to do all that yelling and screaming at them. Everybody's different because all coaches don't yell and scream. This is true. This is true. Right? So I would just, you know, if the kid's over there playing, I'd tell them, all right, you're not, you're not focused. They're, they're Go stand just being on the side passionate. Line. They're just huh? being passionate about what they're saying. Yeah, you know, okay. they're yelling and hollering and screaming. They're, I you think, know, that's, you know that's what, their I, love. I, you know, well, how come baseball coaches don't yell and scream? Yeah, I don't know. They're just you know? weird. So here's the thing. <laughs> I think that when you do all that yelling and screaming, it's mm-hmm. it's making up for your lack of knowledge on how to deal with a certain situation, to deal with multiple personalities. Or maybe you're just really angry. Or maybe you just, <laughs> you can't be angry when you're working with kids. Well, no, this is true. Because kids kids are, and that, that you're, you're right They're about learning. that. They're learning. You're right so about that. So why are you mad? What, you know what? Check this out, Doc. There's one day this coach was called this kid stupid, right? This is a mm. really good football coach. He didn't want state championships. You know, people are clamoring to get him to coach their teams. Okay. And one day I'm at practice just watching. It wasn't even my son. It was another kid. Mm. He said, uh, get, get, get out of there, you stupid. You, you, he, then he called another kid. He said, you are now the man because so-and-so is too stupid to get it. Mm. I didn't say anything to him because I don't want to beat him up in front of everybody, right? right. So I made sure I, but I got a mental note. I got to talk to him. Right. right. So after practice is over, I go in his office. I said, hey, coach, let me ask you a question. Yeah, what's up, Mr. Hunter? Like, they're going to be nice to me because my son is really good. Right. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to make me go to another school. <laughs> All right. OK. So you got to use what you got. You know, you sent your little mm-hmm. crying face. You know, Just cut like, it out. Oh, see, dang, see, okay. see. You All had right. to bring that up. OK. Yeah, you got to use what you got. <laughs> so I'm using my son to get to the coach because right. I know he's going to listen to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, if my son was just sorry, he'd be like, maybe you don't get up my face. Right. <laughs> it was you or your You're telling son. The truth. You're telling the truth. Right. So, all right. So I said, coach, what's the difference between a coach and a teacher? He said, the title. I said, oh, so you're just saying it's the word, right? The same thing, right? Pretty much. I mean, just depending on what level you're on. I mean, if you're on a, a, a professional level, then you, you know, you're not, you're not teaching anymore at that level. You, you, you manage it. Okay. All right. I said, okay, I get it. So, but on a, on, on a high school level, it's coach, teacher, pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah, pretty much. I said, so if I was, if I'm an algebra teacher mm-hmm. and a kid cannot pick up this algebraic equation, he can't get the formula or whatever. And I tell him, you stupid MF or go stand outside. You about dumb. Mm-hmm. Would I ever get teacher of the year? Absolutely not. No, I would not. Matter of fact, you would think I was a pretty there's horrible a teacher. There's a different set of standards. It's it's kind of like, okay, if a coach and a teacher are about the same thing, why do college coaches get paid millions of dollars and professors get paid $60,000 a year? But then there, are, <laughs> there are also some professors out there that make really good money. There are, but, you know, that's but a that's whole... That's a standard, whole right? that I'm, I'm not going to go over there because that's a whole other conversation. Right, that's a whole other conversation. But the thing is, you know, we... You, we may have different standards for them, right. but the but the baseline should be the same. There's, but, but I, I will say this, you know, so because you know sometimes I, I have to admit it, I'm, I'm a yeller sometimes, but not at not at the students, only at my own kid. <laughs> so, but 
But well, yeah, I yeah, think that I think Did that you expect more from them. You know, yeah, yeah, they already know. Right. Like, you know better. Right. So now so, I got to yell at you. But but I think overall that I guess it, it's me looking back at my life and thinking about times that I've been judgmental. And so like somebody can yell at at a teenager or whatever. And if that's the way that that teenager is used to receiving that and that's a relationship there, then I think it's a little different than that same uh, coach yelling at another kid that they don't have a relationship with and that kid may not understand or be able to interpret the way that they're they're trying to motivate them. Like there's right. some kids that you you just have those relationships with, you know, right. that totally you can yell and it. say whatever you're going to say to them and it's not going to bother them. That's that's just how But that's what you, you have to are. do. You got to figure out what works so for you that particular say, kid. So you can't just say, you know, just oh, well, yelling in total is just you being, you know, an idiot. Right. Um, I think sometimes it is and 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 maybe especially when it comes to sports, people want people to be so aggressive that they don't want to, you know, calmly talk or they get so upset because they want to win or, or or they're just tired. They're working really hard. They're volunteering and the kids are just not getting it or, you know, people get frustrated. I get no, it. No doubt. No doubt. I'm not saying that this, you know, yelling. There are there there are places for yelling. Mm hmm. Now, I mean, I have to yell sometime too at the juvie center. I'm like, hey, man, y'all sit down. You know, yeah, like, y'all sit. Because right. everybody talking, they just sitting around going crazy. And I've tried sitting on the desk looking at them mm-hmm. and just being quiet. Like, I'm just going to wait on y'all. And well, well right. my kids oh, be yeah, like, well, good. We just going to keep on going. <laughs> so, your kids, see, I couldn't deal with them because that was my strategy to say, okay, well, I'll be quiet until y'all finish. Y'all let me know when you're done. Well, and yeah, my they kids would always sit there, stop. the whole class and sit there and just keep on going. Right. Okay. So then I got to say, yo, man, sit down. And then I got to threaten them with the guards because they know the guards don't like them. Right. right? <laughs> OK, so they're going to. All right. So I'll just I'll just I'm going to leave and I'm going to just let uh, officer so-and-so come in here. Right. So mm. you just have to try different things. Right. So my point is, I don't mind a coach yelling or mm. a teacher yelling if that's what it takes. But if that's all you know how to do. Right. And you got to understand that there are different things that work for different people. Mm-hmm. I quit the football team and basketball team almost every year. Well, because <laughs> I'm not a person that responds to yelling. Right. I take it personal. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you talking to? Right. Like, dude. <laughs> like, I'm like, why you got to yell? Right. Like, Travis Hunter, you just ignorant. You just stupid. You Listen, listen, dog. Listen for a second. <laughs> you ain't got to talk to me like that. Right. All right. So did I make the wrong move? Okay, stop the practice. Instead of t- stopping the practice to put on a show mm-hmm. to try to belittle me. Right. Then won't you stop the practice and tell me what I did wrong? Because I'm right. actually trying here. That's now, a rational thing to do, but, you know. Yeah, but he mad because he, ain't nobody doing what he want to do. So everybody <laughs> got to be stupid. Right. So I take it so personal, but that's just my personality because right. I'm like, I'm not going to yell at you when you make stupid choices. But that's that's all part of learning and building relationships. Right. You know. And I just think that those are the most effective people, mm-hmm. coaches, teachers, whatever, when you learn your personnel. Right. You have to learn what works for Dr. Sam, because what works for you may not work for me. Mm-hmm. You may respond to yelling. Oh, damn. You know, yelled at me. Now I'm waking up. OK, I got it. <laughs> right. Well, you yell at me. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Right. Exactly. You can't talk. You're right. Like you got some sense. You're right. So my stepmom, she got it. She said, Travis, you know, you were very sensitive growing up. My <laughs> other kids, I cussed them out. I had to watch how I talk to you because mm-hmm. I cuss you out. You shut down. Right. You ain't going to say nothing back, but you just gonna, you're going to be mad for two days. Right. And it's something like, I think you should have been over with two minutes ago. Yeah, it it, it, it has a bigger impact when we're younger. Smaller things have yeah, a bigger impact. Yeah, because ain't nobody yelling at me right now. I'm breaking right. the jaw. <laughs> Come on. 
All right, <laughs> violence, listen. You know, violence is needed in this world. Oh my God, if you're okay. not capable of violence, people will treat you any kind of way. If there wasn't some consequences of coming in my house, hmm. the white folks in my neighborhood move me out. Get out of here. Okay, yeah, that's true. But we're not going to go down that road. We, you know, okay. we have the so real Travis saying, back in. Come everything on, has on, its come place. On, come on, Travis. All right, okay. let's go. You know, I'm, I got a adult ADHD. So I know. We both do. This is horrible. So this this has been really great. You keep saying things, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to invite him back. Uh, your friends alone. I'm just going to be on your show every day. I Listen, I know. You're going to end up being my permanent co-host. We'll right. just come back in. We'll invite some other people. Argue the whole show. Yeah, I'm loving it. Uh, <laughs> absolutely loving it. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we can make this a more permanent situation. We'll see how it goes. Uh, as usual, love having a conversation with you. Love having a conversation so much. We didn't even take a break today. We will definitely, definitely have to talk more about this, about sports, about all of those things. I appreciate you having you on the show. As usual, everybody listening, please go to Travis's website and pick up his books. Travis, you want to give them your website? travishunter.com all right we're gonna pick up the books and support his collection and his foundation so with that said this is the end of this episode we hope to see you back again man that's already over <laughs>